Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was hatched when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 467, Turkey Talk with Walter Parrott. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is pumped up about this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it has a little bit to do with Unicoi. You guessed right. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. I'm your co-host and the guy who held green in his hands this morning. Who is green? Well, it's some kind of duck. I hadn't seen one in a long time. It has this green head and a white band around its neck. I don't know, but I Man. feel like a, in the distant past I saw a few, but there was one this morning. Actually, four of them that came in and we killed every one of them so we saw eight we saw eight ducks and we killed six this morning so there are two left to hunt there you go (laughs) that's about right it's perfect season 2024 (laughs) yeah well at least the outlook for next year is good you left maybe a breeding pair hopefully not two males or two females oh okay of different species so hmm 
they'll just have to bro down. One one Drake Wood duck and a green greenhead will have to be bros through the summer and winter months, I guess. Yeah. But we'll probably be hunting them religiously and try to kill both of them now. Make sure none none survive. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason at this point to try to repropagate the population. You know, you just go ahead and kill it on out. That's it. That's the goal. Uh, hey, that's that's CWD management right there. <laughs> I mean, in a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> Tennessee solution to the deer problem. They're sick. Let's kill them all and start over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring them in from Michigan or Iowa or Missouri, someplace like that. And just go ahead and kill them all. We'll, we'll restock. <laughs> and we'll give you a sportsman's license if you kill eight bucks and 42 does a year. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, me. That's good. Well, I'm jealous of Unicoi. I'm not going to make it, but... I know you're going to have a blast, get a lot of new turkey calls, bank account depleted, but it'll be worth it. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited about it. It's going to be a good time and really looking forward to it. And it starts so, Friday, right? It does. It starts Friday, so it'll be Friday and Saturday of this week. And, you know, I'll go ahead and just throw one of the favors of the week out there. If you guys are within three or four hour drive of Helen, Georgia, I'm telling you, it's worth the time there. and worth the effort to make it. So just yeah. load up and come on, and you may want to bring a couple of dollars of spending money. How about that? Yeah, you better bring a few bucks. Absolutely. Go ahead, call up the bank, see if you can get that home equity line of credit open, bring the checkbook. I know those call makers would not be upset if you opened an equity line and went to Unicoi. <laughs> be, be a smart move, for sure. Financial yeah. planning 101. Absolutely. If well, you got it, spend it. There you go. So, guys, you're going to be hearing this on Thursday, so you better be heading out the next day or Saturday and getting to Unicoi for sure. Good favor of the week. And yeah. for the last week, we have a certain announcement. I'm going to let it kick off with a little song by Europe. So, here you go. It is the final countdown, folks. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in y'all's heads the rest of the day now, for sure. But oh, yeah. It's one of those it songs, is, man. It's the final countdown. Today is Thursday on Monday. So the 15th on Monday, we will be ending the raffle for our Texas turkey hunt at noon. And we plan to do a Facebook Live event at 7 p.m. Central Time, Monday the 15th, drawing our two lucky winners. So if you haven't heard yet, we're doing a hunt raffle. Two hunters will be drawn. We're going to South Texas to hunt on February 20th through the 23rd. We're hunting Rio's with Kyle Pattinson, El Mapache Blanco Ranch. Each hunter is going to get the opportunity to harvest two birds, so eight between the four of us in camp. And it's going to be an absolutely awesome time. Get to kick off spring early. So make sure you check that out. Go to the show notes. Andy will put the raffle in there one last time. And click the link there. If you've already bought tickets and you got an extra 10 bucks to spare, one more t- ticket could be it. Are you going to let it slip away for $10? That's right. It's going to be an awesome, epic hunt. So looking forward to it. It is the final countdown. Monday at noon is the deadline. Hop on there, get your tickets, 
And that's going to conclude the raffle. So I guess next week we'll be announcing on the show who our two lucky winners are after our Facebook Live event at 7 p.m. Monday night. Yes, indeed. So if you do miss the Facebook Live event, you can listen to next week's episode and just yep. go ahead and start booking your, your flight. Yep, yep. Get your flight to Corpus Christi. Mine's booked, ready to roll. I'm ready to freaking hunt. And you, I bet after this weekend, you're just going to be foaming at the mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, There's no doubt. And yeah, I will, but I will guarantee you there is one call that I already have in my possession that will make the flight. All right. And that is Roger Parks' gobbler mm. slate. That joker will make the trip. Oh, yeah. Mine is, I got his gobbler slate, his gobbler box, his double-sided gobbler slate. I'll probably have all three of them. Yeah. Because, you know, in case they are still in more of a winter mode, we can challenge them. But it's going to be a fun time there in Texas. So make sure you do that. And then if you didn't listen to last week's show, I'd highly recommend it. And listen to the new things we got going with the podcast this year. We have a Patreon if you want to sign up to be an elite member of the Turkey Hunter podcast crew, you can go sign up for Patreon. Andy's going to link that in the show notes. You can get on there and read about all the awesome stuff we're going to be bringing for specifically for our Patreon members, such as part of this interview with Walter Parrott that is going to be only available in Patreon yep. where he gives us some awesome tips. So make sure you do that. We also have set up a little store on Etsy with some really cool gear with our new logo on it and make sure you get on there and check that out andy will link that in the show notes go check out the store check out the new logo get you some merch support the show we greatly appreciate it because we want to remain unsponsored and to do that we still need motivation so we're trying to do everything we can to stay unsponsored so we don't have any ads on the show ever and you can just go to that store and support us that way if you choose to. We greatly appreciate it. But we got Walter Parrott. Man, yeah. Coming on. And a just a dang good interview. I mean, you yeah. know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting any less. I'll say that. No. But no. He brought it. Some he brought stuff. it. Excellent interview with a turkey icon from I mean the very ground floor stages of Night and Hail and just kind of the industry of turkey hunting and five-time world champion. So excellent interview. It was so good. We're going to split it into two. We couldn't Bingo. we couldn't get off the phone with Walter. It was awesome. So y'all are going to yeah. get part one this week. We'll do part two next week. And what say you, let's hop in there and get part one rolling for these folks. Let's get it on. See you guys All on right. the other side. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you we have on the phone with us this evening the one and only Walter Parrott. And Walter is a five-time senior Open Grand National calling champion, won countless other calling contests in his, I would say, competitive calling days. So probably too many of those to mention. You know, we're just going to have a about a 45 minute to an hour long talk with Walter and we don't want to, you know, be 59 and a half minutes naming off all the contests that he won, not to belittle any of those because they all lead up to those grand nationals. So Walter, sir, thank you very much for taking time to come on the show with me and Cameron this evening. And how's everything going in your world today? Oh, it's going fine. It's been a little wet and windy, as you well know down here in Alabama. But other than that, things are just 
going right along. Yeah. Yeah. So Walter, uh, you came to mind. I've, I'd heard your name and I knew exactly who you were, but you really came to my mind the other day. Cause I've, I've gotten into these YouTube videos that Nightingale's putting out of like the old videos. Oh yeah. And you're on several of them. And I was like, man, we need to, we need to find this guy. <laughs> now, are you saying he's old? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. Older than you were in those, uh, those, those videos, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Judging by the camera quality and what y'all were lugging mm-hmm. around to film those things. It was a while back, but it was still yeah. really good content. I, I love watching those old ones. Yeah. Yeah, we always tried to put out the best we could. Chuck Jones was very good at that, you know, and and we always tried to tell a story and try not to waste any time and, you know, try to teach the the viewer something if we could, you know, to help them. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you that they helped me because I watched a lot of those videos when I was getting into turkey hunting in the early to mid 90s. Mm -hmm. And so... I watched a lot of the night and hell stuff. And of course, I, I think everybody and their brothers, you know, that started out turkey hunting around that same time, watched all the truth videos and so on and so forth. All those were a big help. But, you know, I, I wish I could say that they helped me kill turkeys, but they helped to educate me enough to where I felt like I could kill turkeys. And, you know, that stubbornness is or I, I should say that little help in maintaining my stubbornness is what got me to this point of being you know i'd say i'm i'm a gosh i'm just realized we're 2024 so i'm a little over 30 years (laughs) of turkey hunting experience and you know one of these days i'll kill my second bird and i can probably say i'm a turkey hunter at that point (laughs) well i mean you know you got to have confidence if you're going that's right uh, at anything you do, it's, it's a good idea to have confidence. So that that's is right. absolutely the truth. Well, yeah. before we get into this interview too far, Andy, I think Walter would be a great candidate to play a little rapid fire Q and a heck. Yeah, I think so too. This is the first time Walter has been on this show and you know, I'm sad to say in almost 10 years of, of doing this show that we've not had him on here before. So you know, I can't say that Cameron and I will make this the last time that Walter comes on, but Walter has that ability to make this the last time <laughs> that he comes on. <laughs> so maybe we just write him down as first place on our rapid fire Q&A contest we're, we're about to have, and then we go from there. So, Walter, what we do with the rapid fire Q&A is it's 30 questions, and it's mm-hmm. just questions about your preferences about things regarding turkeys and turkey hunting right so you know we're not getting into the science or you know any of that stuff about turkeys or habitat or anything it's all your opinions and you know we'll we'll what we're going to do is i'm going to put a stopwatch up and when i start asking the first question i'm going to press go on the stopwatch we'll run Mm -hmm. through these 30 questions as fast as we can and we will see if you can beat the fastest time, which currently, and I, he's, I'm, not, I'm still not sure how he did it. Two minutes and 13.96 seconds to be asked and answer 30 questions. So and that was Michael T. Simpson. So 
if uh, you know you being the competitor i know you're up for a little contest here so what do you think <laughs> you want to jump in and go we might as well all right and i will tell you while i'm pulling up the stopwatch that will primos has the longest time by the way you may not be surprised <laughs> to hear that i may have the longest time when it's over with you know <laughs> there, okay. there's always probably more than one answer so you know oh, there definitely will be there definitely <laughs> will be yeah all right so wild turkey grilled baked or fried grilled wild turkey on the rocks neat with cola or with water cola number of grand slams seven have you ever killed a bearded hen yes have you ever killed a jake yes 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? I don't want to talk about clean misses. <laughs> Favorite camo <laughs> pattern? <laughs> oh, anything dark. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dog. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. State you killed your first turkey in? Missouri. State you killed your last turkey in? Kansas. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Rios. Rios or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Merriams. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Mm, holographic. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? L.O. beans. Favorite place you've ever hunted? The next place I'm going. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season. Can't tell you that. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't keep I don't keep numbers like that. I really don't. All right. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? They can all have uncooperative turkeys. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? A soft call. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Not as good as I'd like to be. Favorite turkey hunting book? I'm sorry? Favorite turkey hunting book? Oh, my gosh. I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who taught you how to turkey hunt? A num numerous people have. All right. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Probably not. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Whatever he's got. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Not patient enough. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? I hope it's forever and there is no limit. All right. That was very good. That was two minutes and 59.4 seconds. But we got some good answers out of you. And then you dodged a few questions as well. So we're going to let Cameron get the spotlight out and shine it in your eyes and try to get the, the answers out of you on those questions. <laughs> All right. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised the hierarchy went to the Merriams as the favorite. Well, I don't know if I did. I thought I said Eastern was. Oh, maybe, maybe I didn't. It was maybe Eastern. I didn't. Were you paying oh. attention? You didn't fall asleep, did you? No, I didn't fall asleep. I didn't know. You know, I, grew, I, I look. I grew up hunting Easterns, so you know, anytime that I could go hunt something else, I just yeah. you know, I love it. Reels, you know, or Merriams, and Merriams is. Uh, that's the least one I've hunted, I guess. Huh. I say that, but, you know, and I'll see all that. And I'm not even sure how many Grand Slams. But I, I really don't count them. That's not a big thing to me after I got my first one. But I'd have yeah. to count up the, the Osceolas to, because I've, you know, been successful with the other ones more than I've actually went to, you know, to Florida. 
So I don't know, but I, I just don't, I don't keep numbers. I, I really don't because yeah. I just, I feel like a guy that thinks he knows how many turkeys he kills lying to <laughs> <laughs> or he hadn't hunted very long. One of the two. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> you know, if he's, if he's a new hunter, then yeah. I mean, I got a, a friend up the road here and he's killed three and I've been with him with all, at all. And so, you know, he'll say he's killed three. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, now I like, I like some of those answers. They, I think they kind of show the, uh, a little bit old school mentality maybe of Walter Parrott. Cause that a lot of people like to throw the numbers, kind of make it duck hunting, you know, now is all about the numbers of ducks killed or whatever. And Turkey hunt just not really is that, you know, very different. No, you know, I, I never did, you know, when I was young, you know, a guy always wanted to fill your tag if you could. You know, it was only two in Missouri for a long time. It was just one. So, and that's where I grew up hunting. And uh, that's one of the greatest states in the United States to learn to turkey. You know, I can tell you back in, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, there was no place better. Wow. You know, there were so yeah. many birds there. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres of national forest if you didn't have some place to go, you know. Yeah. But and we had all kinds of turkeys. Do you go back to Missouri often? Every spring, yeah. How is it? How are things now? I mean, it seems nationwide, you know, obviously everyone seems to believe numbers are down pretty good and seems to be the case. Is are, are you seeing similar in your neck of the woods? Well, the numbers are down a little bit. And, you know, I got a friend in Kentucky and the guys talk about quitting hunting. And he says, I wish everybody would quit turkey hunting. I'm, I'm <laughs> <You> with <know>? him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we've had, from my, my friends have told me that we've had a pretty good hatch this last year. So Good. I think Missouri's going to look up a little bit, you know, in Kansas, they put some different regulations where I usually go to the end of the year, you know, into effect, yeah. no fall season, cut it back to one bird, but I like to go back to Missouri, and, you know, hunt my old stomping grounds where I, yeah. where I learned to hunt. And, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's fun. And of course, I mean, I like to tag them, but if I don't, I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't, yeah. I hunt hard as hard as i can as long as i can and uh it's enjoyable you know yeah i can't sit on a deer stand as long as i can stay in a turkey woods and i you know i've deer hunted in you know for years with night and hail and everybody else and i i've you know been a deer hunter my whole life but i always said a deer hunter was waiting he's i was just deer hunting because i was waiting for turkey season to come in absolutely that you know <laughs> but if i only spend as much time in the turkey woods as i do the deer stand we would be buying all of our turkey meat at Kroger. We would never have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many okay. years have you been turkey hunting, Walter? Missouri season come in in 1960, and I started in 65. So, oh. and I'm 68 years old. So I've been, you know, I'm 55 something years. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to figure that up. But I've been. I mean, I've I've went, you know, my whole life. Uh, and my dad had to take me because. My mother's maiden name was Thomas, and he used to say that I would throw a Thomas fit if I didn't get to go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he would take me. And uh, the first, I can still remember the first turkey I'd ever seen it. You know, I thought, I said, my gosh, it, it, it's big as an ostrich. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I was just a kid, you know, obviously, but uh, mm. had some good times. You know, he wasn't what you would call a, a, a hardcore turkey hunter. He went, he was a hunter, you know, all the way across the board, but he never really got tore up about it as much as I did. You yeah. know, and I, I mean, and we, even we, we went when I got older and, and things, but, uh, 
he could take it or leave it, but he was a quail hunter. Oh yeah. Loved a quail, big bird hunter. We had, and we had a lot of quail when I was growing up in Missouri, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, had some good times doing that yeah. obviously, but we hunted, hunted all the time and always in the woods or fishing. You said that several people taught you to how to turkey hunt, but did you have, you know, one or maybe two mentors that, that took you under their wing? I, well, I did. My uncle was a, was a turkey hunter and uh his name was bus thomas he was a mailman there in farmington missouri and my aunt god love her she would she would hate to see me show up because you know she'd go in the back room because she knew what was going to happen and what was going to take place and the call yeah. and all that and yeah. <laughs> i picked his brain and then there was another gentleman that uh, uh my ex-wife's uncle and he had literally had a two-car garage that, uh, that he had beards hanging all the way around the the top plate of it you know and fans wow. everywhere and he was a he was a good turkey hunter he taught me he taught me a lot too and those guys taught me patience they were all patience those old guys you know back on those uh you know the old lynch uh 45s and all that stuff they all talked about yelping three times and putting it down and you know not calling anymore and that's good advice still today yeah, yeah. you know and, and and i'm the kid's dad shorty williams and that's where everybody would go up and all the turkey hunters would assemble there and, and talk about hunting and stuff and i'd go in there and try to pick their brains and they wouldn't tell you anything but i think the reason was it was because they didn't know anything they really didn't because it, it had just started you know <laughs> i was yeah. a kid and they weren't very experienced and you know they hadn't killed very many turkeys that's just the way it was and we kind of all learned together i just happened to be a you know a snotty nosed kid running around there but as i got older i got you know i figured out who was successful who wasn't that's those those were the guys that i'd i'd pick their brain at like stanley he used up they all use box calls most of them you know uh one-on-one lynch which i had one-sided call and he used that religiously and and i had one of those that i, I actually wore the side off of it you know learned yelping on it and just wore it out reshaped it and all that stuff and so i was a box call guy when i was young and and uh didn't know too much about mouth diaphragms. They had them, but, but uh, there wasn't any really good ones around where I grew up, you know, yeah. out east in Pennsylvania. All those guys, they run mouth calls, and they all built them and made them, and all those guys did, but uh, mainly box calls when I first started. Yeah. Did your uncle get you interested in the calling part of the sport, like enough to where you said, hey, I want to do this competitively? Well, it wasn't necessarily that. I just the reason I started calling competitively is because I, I, I loved turkey hunt. You know, as I got older and got into my twenties, they had a little comp competition down in Fredericktown, Missouri, a turkey calling contest, which I'd never heard of before. Mm -hmm. Had it in the paper and went down there and got there late and won a, uh, uh, a popcorn popper, a hot air popcorn popper of all things with a raffle ticket. Yeah. And Leroy, Bron Leroy Brongart was there and people don't even really even, a lot of people don't know him, never heard of him, but he was a guy from Missouri state representative he actually was probably the first guy that ever used a blind to bow hunt mm -hmm. back in the day he was one of the first guys if not the first guy i've got friends that say he was the first guy that ever you know used a blind and and he did he did a calling demonstration i actually started using his mouth call it was a single read lead frame call with tape on it mm -hmm. and i'd had several calls before you know and threw them away and blah blah this and that when i was a kid growing up but, but uh that's where I started with the mouth diaphragm. And, and the next year I went down there and, and uh, got in a friction contest. I didn't know exactly what they were going to do. And I won $10. Wow. 
I won the competition, won the, won the wow. fishing part of it. Nice. <laughs> so, Ten bucks. Ten dollars. That's right. Ten dollar check. <laughs> There's a copy of it somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but it, it, it was. That's awesome. Uh, and there was an old gentleman there that had a, a a peach limb that had peach leaves on it, and he would take those that peach leaf and put it in between his lips. He yelped exact. He could yelp exactly like a hen turkey. Mm, I mean, wow. it was just. And I st- I thought I have I've got to learn to do that, and. I've got to do it. I've just got to do it. And I've ran around in the brush and, you know, we'd fish along the river and when leaves would get a lot, you know, I, I, it's a wonder I didn't catch something, you know, that broke my face out, poison ivy oak or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, kudzu or something. But, but I eventually <clears throat> stayed all night on the river late in the spring at the spring season was over with and the gobbler flew off the ridge off smashy hill uh, from my uncles. And, and I got a leaf. I've been, I've been messing with them for, you know, a whole year. And I called a gobbler up to me. It wasn't during season or anything, but I call one up and that's what I laid it. I'm like, okay, I'm satisfied with that. But that, I'll never forget that old gentleman. He was, I don't even know how old he, he was, but he had a whole, he just had a limb about a foot and a half long and had several stems of, you know, those leaves on it. And he pulled it off and it was something. But uh, I've yeah. read about people doing that with, you know, briar leaves, or I've, that's the first time I've heard of a peach leaf. But yeah. I've always wondered how the heck you do that. So, what do you hold it with your hands? You did, between you your just lips? Put it, no, you just put it, lay it between your lips, lay it between your lips of all things, and, and just blow on it. And you know, when you find the right one, <laughs> and eventually learn how to do it a little bit, and you get your rhythm right. You know, it's of course that old gobbler. It's late spring, and he was looking for love, and it didn't take a lot to convince him to come see me <laughs> so, <laughs> how much calling can can a man get out of one leaf well <laughs> it question. depends i guess i get I, I don't know it's been a long time i'd say if you were going to sit around you you better have a, li- a whole limb full of them if you're going to sit around for a couple three hours you're going to call much <laughs> that's awesome and you better make sure there's no chiggers on them either just like you oh, said man, don't it, want to do, use wonder. the poison ivy leaves or the ones with you, it's a wonder it's a wonder i didn't catch something i couldn't get rid of you know oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that, that old guy on those years when it feels like it's still winter when season opens he's out there like oh my gosh where's all my calls <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a long season <laughs> yeah nothing's blooming I'm, out gonna i'm not tough. killing anything to may <laughs> yeah <laughs> he probably didn't care yeah <laughs> may june not. whatever <laughs> That's yeah, right. That's, that's true too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So you started out in Missouri and you said when it early years it was a one bird limit because I mean you so your first year was the fifth year of an open spring turkey season. I assume so, yeah. Yes it was. That's yeah, yeah. because they'd had it closed down before then and they tried to restock the you know, the birds and several attempts and they they, they seemed to fail, you know. And yeah. then, uh, they actually restocked them down at Peck Ranch. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where they took hold and they started trans transmitting them. And then, uh, John Lewis was the first guy to use the, uh, cannon net on wild turkeys. He, he was the, uh, turkey biologist in Missouri. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to, and they've got, they've got an old video. You guys might want to, might want to watch that. I, I, I can't think of the name of it now, but it's an old, really, really old, old video and you can go on youtube and find it return of the wall turkey or something i don't know and it's got the him 
him cannonetting them and, you know, they baited them up and shot them, shot the cannonet over them and all that. They'd used it in waterfowl before that. And I believe that's where he got the idea, obviously, but <clears throat> he was the very first one to use the cannonet to wow. catch the turkeys and, and distribute them. But, uh, so what part were you in growing up? Were you in that South, South kind of central in the south, area? Southeastern part, uh, okay. a little town called Doe Run, about three miles from, from Farmington. It was in okay. San Francis, San Francis County. We used to go to Tom Sock was the highest point in Missouri, and it, it was probably about forty-five minutes from where I live. And there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of, lot of hardwoods around there, and that was all forest. And you could just, there's a lot of places you could go and hunt then, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of roads you could drive and get out on. And I mean, and I, I can remember going up there, and then when it it'd be rainy, nasty days, and even when I got a little older, and I was, I would work when it, when it rained, I'd get to go hunting, you know. I yeah, couldn't, couldn't wait for it to rain because it was it was pretty tough because you could only hunt a half day, so season was really really short, you know. And people hunting in the south all day long and hunting for seemed like a month if it wasn't a month, and you know, and I'm just it was just driving me crazy. And uh, I tried <laughs> to get the biologist way back then, you know, even when I was in my twenties to <clears throat> early twenties when I started calling and got to know the biologist. I tried to get him. I said, why can't we hunt all day, you know? Because we we had for a long time we had we were the number one state in in uh, turkey hunting accidents. Wow! Really, yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah, we were number one for several years, you know. And I, I I just was racking my brain about it. But you could only hunt a half day, and so I asked John one time. I said at a contest we were at, I said, John, why can't we hunt all day? Let's let's at least let a guy hunt all day. And he's like, well, you know, I said it have to help with with accidents because if you thought about it. And you had you two weeks of season, you know, and you had four half days to hunt just on the weekend, and you got two days of turkey hunt all year long. Yeah. Well, you know, people get a lot of pressure on them, you know, and yeah, peer pressure and everything else. And he goes, oh, no, you know, the poachers, you know, we're worried about the poachers wanting maybe, you know, they would try to shoot them when they go to roost. I said, John, if a, if a poacher's wanting to kill one, he'll kill it in the morning. You're not going <laughs> to stop a poacher. Right. He, right. he doesn't care about your law or season. I said, come on, is that best you got? I said, it's got to help, you know, with yeah. this problem we got with all these accidents. Let a guy, you know, say me, for instance, if I worked till four o'clock and it didn't get dark till six or seven, you know, you'd have a little bit of time to go hunting. You could take that edge off a little bit, get it off of you somewhat, but they never would go for it. But now I think this year they've changed, if I'm not mistaken, my yeah. cousin told me that on private property that you can hunt all day. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. So... Yeah, they but. they did change it. How quickly when you started seeing them do reintroductions? I mean, was was it just like every spring you just felt like there was more and more turkeys just for years? Well, I mean, at, at that time I was pretty young when they first opened the season, but uh, I mean there was seemed to always be turkeys, you know. And we hunted even when we were kids, you know, young. And then I had a I'll just tell you a little story about a friend of mine, and, and, it, and it dawned on me later, a couple of things dawned on me later that uh, we didn't even have any camouflage. <laughs> yeah. It was that far back, and, and my buddies lived on a farm, and they, he didn't, the younger one, he didn't have any camo, and he would kill them with a red and black plaid shirt on, is what he wore, a wool shirt, because that's what, <laughs> that's what, and I'm like, man, you're, how, you know, how's he doing that? I kept, you know, he'd do it. He, he did it for several years, you know? And I thought after a while I got to be a grown man and I'm thinking, you know what? He was decoying those turkeys. 
with that red and black, even though it was dangerous now, yeah. you know, we, we were uh, believers in hunting accidents, but that black and red on there, the waddles and the feathers and the black and the colors, and he's calling and they come up there and see him sitting there in that red shirt. Well, they're they coming. Think it's a bunch, a bunch of jakes or whatever. There's gobblers. Here's the turkeys right here. And I thought that suckers, he's, he's decoying them, you know? And I mean, <laughs> I was in my forties before I figured that out. I just got to thinking about it. I'm like, well, crap. And then there was another gentleman there. It was a preacher and he had an old overcoat that was black and he wore that. And you know, he decoyed a couple of turkeys just sitting oh, around in that black, in that black, black. Yeah. you know, sit, when he sat down, what do you think he looked like? Something, you know, <laughs> a turkey strutting, possibly the colors anyway, but it, that had to help him. But, you know, just decoying and didn't know it. But uh, yeah, we didn't even have any, we, we skipped school and middle school one day and, and, went out the back to our buddies and walked up this old road and was going up to the mountain to hunt and none of us had a car and one of my buddies had a pair of white tough nut jeans on. I said, dude, <laughs> I don't know much, but I don't know if that's going to work or not. You know, <laughs> had a white pair of jeans on. He goes, well, that's what mom laid out for me to wear to school. So I had to, because I could, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. He had, yeah. to wear, he had no choice. He had to wear, but he had a pair of white jeans on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah oh yeah so in case anybody wants to see it i'm guessing that this video is that you're talking about walter is return of the wild turkey and then in parentheses it says 1970 is from and it was posted by the missouri conservation yes. department so yes yes yeah and it is and on got, youtube so it's 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 pretty interesting really those guys, yeah. you know, the, you know, see the old hunters and all that. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a pretty good story. It's playing here. My mouse is hovering over it, and it's playing. I'm obviously not listening to any of it, but it's got some old <laughs> footage. Turn out for twelve minutes. Yes, here. it does. It's got the it's got some footage yeah. in it. You like yeah. that? <laughs> that? Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be watched. I'll probably drive my wife crazy yeah. in bed watching that tonight. About for i think it's 30 31 minutes long something like that but you've so. seen the, i guess you've seen the indian with the wing bone first right yes if i'm not mistaken yeah okay yeah good, that was good cool deal. yeah that's yeah. Nice. yeah so i'm looking forward to watching that thanks for pointing that out because i don't know if yeah, i've been, been that. yeah it's well, been maybe, a long time since i've seen that maybe i can talk Indian to putting a link to that in the show notes for this week's episode oh <sighs> you're always asking a whole lot of me cameron <laughs> <laughs> Well, when, at what point in your turkey hunting career did, was Night and Hail, like, was that the first kind of thing you did with filming and, and hunting turkeys like that? That's a great mm, question. I don't think it was the first. I think probably the first time I was fil filming was, uh, was with Realtree. Okay. With Bill Jordan. Okay. How did you get hooked yeah. up with them? He, he approached me. Through the calling I was, contest? I was, a, I, I was, yeah, I was the third pro pro staffer i think i that he ever had night okay. and hell was the first two and then i was the third one okay and so you filmed with him in the early right. years for realtree what show would that have been back then oh gosh i i don't know i i, I really I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> but it, you know they it was uh, <laughs> i remember that's back when david david had just started running the camera uh on one of the hunts and then uh bill uh he liked Night and Hell's tube call, and they were on the pro staff, I think, at that time too, on his pro staff. And he he he'd run that tube call, mess with that tube call, and we'd 
make fun of him a little bit because he wasn't that great with it. But he was still funny, you know. But he he need toot on it, and uh, not that, that. Don't get me and don't get me wrong. Tube call is a great call. I don't go anywhere without one. I've always oh, yeah. got one around my neck. That's one of the first things that I put around my neck. But but Bill got one. Finally got one. He flew me down here, and, and we went out, and and uh, he got one to gobble finally, and we got set up, and he come down, come through the gate, and got up there on us, and I shot him, killed him. You know, he got in there strutting around, and I killed him. And he said, man. I said, what? He said, you killed my turkey. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, you killed my turkey. I said, I thought that's why you brought me down here. And David was filming, you know. But uh, oh, we had a big time. We had a big time. Awesome. We, had a, we, had a, we had a big time. But uh, yeah, then I'm. Uh, let's see. I did a stint with Hunter Specialists, and then then I went with with Night and Hail. But I was with with Bass Pro Shops video with them. Some also. We used to wow. do some turkey stuff. Yeah, I but, uh, I recall Night and Hail doing some things before they started Night and Hail, but I I didn't remember it being with real trees so that's that's interesting uh yeah they were they I, were pro staff they were pro staffers for real tree and then yeah i think right after that might have been once they got you know i'm like you it's a little bit of a gray area and i don't know that for sure exactly how it uh got lined out but i think they probably started their stuff right after that yeah right around right around that time yeah like and, uh, late 80s that sound probably so about yeah, right probably yeah. So. yeah 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 that's you know it, it's so interesting just going back to you know I, we're we're fortunate to be nuts over a sport that is really has such a deep rooted history in this country mm-hmm. you know and and I, I mean getting off track just a little bit you think about the early settlers and how they relied on beaver and beaver was, you know, it, it sustained them trapping, you know, they had the fur, they had the meat, but wild Turkey was the same way. We just don't think that, you know, it was so much of just like whitetail deer, that it was so much of what it took to, to, you know, for people to survive. I mean, they, they would kill and eat almost anything, you know? So yeah, they were, they were always trying to hunt their next meal. That's you know. exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm taking all of that storied history out and just going back to really the commercial history of wild turkey and turkey right. hunting. Yeah. And, you know, that really kind of kicked in about mid 80s. I mean, Walter, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it was early 80s. But, you know, with and maybe even a little bit before that with Ben Rogers Lee and and. Mm-hmm you know, some of those guys, but, you know, you can, it was such a, a small tight knit community at that point. And everybody was, was, they all knew each other and were pro staffers or worked cameras or, you know, all that stuff. And now everybody is so spread out. You know, you look at Cus Strickland, who was with Primos and, you know, you look at like, like you said, night in hell with real tree. And, you know, they went out and did their own thing and, you know, it, it mm-hmm. just, it went in so many different directions and it went from being that small tight knit community and don't get me wrong, it's still tight knit, but now it's so much bigger and so much broader than it was back then. 
So, oh yeah, it's a pretty neat evolution of the of the commercial sport, you know, at least as we know it today. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat stuff. Well, you are, or at least I, I, you used to be, and you can tell me if you still are doing a good bit of this or not. But you're a big bow hunter of turkeys. Um, well, I mean, I, I bow hunted them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself a big bow hunter of them. I, I you know, I, I did hunt them and, and I have hunted them and, and have taken a few of them. But that's, uh, that's something that's a, that's a pretty tough sport if you're not in a blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're hunting eastern turkeys, you know. And, and I, I did something one time, I guess, in, in South Dakota. A guy had me come up there, and I probably, maybe I shouldn't have said what I said or did what I did. I, I didn't think I was that ugly, but you know, he was a bow hunter and he prided himself in, in bow hunting and. And it was a heck of a really, really a nice guy. And he brought me up there and they were doing a, a show and, and he wanted me to come and, and, you know, talk about hunting and calling and stuff. But he, uh, he was the big dog there. <laughs> he, he just kept talking about his bow hunting skills and how good he was. And he was just a blind, you know, he hunted in a blind and he hunted Merriam's and he just poked a couple of decoys out. Well, they come up there and, you know, and he shot at their head off at five yards. Well, you know, finally I just said, you're just a shooter, man. <laughs> you know after i mean i was just being honest you yeah. know he just kept he he, he you would have had to been around there he forced me to that point that's what i'm trying to say i don't want anybody you know understand think, yeah ill of me but he forced me to that point i said man all you are is a shooter you just sit there and you really got up for five yards and you shooting the big broadhead that come open and would cut their heads off you know and i'm like man I, I i i wasn't a fan of that and and i just you know i don't know and obviously i wouldn't ask to come back but and <laughs> we, never, we never you know talked anymore but that's okay you know i, I mean yeah. i said if you want to be a bow hunter you think you, i said you kill yourself five easterns on off your knees from behind a tree five eastern turkeys i said i'll call you a bow hunter then yeah Whew. get on your knees and call them up and kill them with a bow i said you kill five like that i said i'll call you a bow hunter but until then you know what he's doing is not to me but I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want guys saying, "Well, oh, you talk bad about blinds and stuff." Well, you know, blinds are fine if that's the way you want to hunt. But I think we've lost a lot of the art by having those, especially yeah. with some of the kids. You know, when you take the kids out and you don't you don't walk them down that old leafy road, you know, and strike an owl and, and hear whippoorwills hollering, you know, and the sun's starting to break and owls are hooting and and you're teaching those kids, you know, you know about the owl and tell him what you're doing while you're calling to him. And, and that's a whippoorwill and you're riding down the road and those whippoorwills are flying off the edge of the road. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I don't ever forget, you know, I mean, yeah, me yeah. and growing up and, and walking through the, walking through the Creek with a kid, you know, a young and let him stomp a mud hole dry in the road. If you want to, I, it don't matter, you know, just let him play, let him have mm-hmm. fun. But yeah, I don't know. And the guy's, just so many of those guys, and they tell me this. It's not that I do it this way, but they 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 talk about taking their kids and letting them look at their iPad, and they go out there in the field where they've seen some turkeys, and they poke out some decoys, and they poke a blind up there. Well, yeah, something's going to come out. Well, Daddy, I'm bored. Well, you know, the youngster don't want to hunt, so if he doesn't want to hunt, that's fine, but maybe he didn't do a good job teaching him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's not the way I learned, you know, and you guys probably didn't either, you know? But I don't know. Maybe I'm all wrong. That's just me, just me talking. But uh, there's something, 
something to be said about that. You know, if if that first experience turkey hunting for your kids, because I have a I have a two year old, so I think about this a lot. How I want her first experiences to be. Right. And if they're going to associate, you know, if their first couple hunts is them going with you sitting in the ground blind and watching YouTube on your phone, like I don't know if that's setting a good precedence for what it is. So that's a good thing to think about because it, you know, and I think another thing that people do a lot of times that I worry about, and I I shouldn't, it's their kids, they do what they want, but right, they kind of make sure they're going to have success like 100% of the time almost. I mean, you can't guarantee it, but they, exactly using the cell cams and they got the chief of plot and like this gobbler comes here at 937 every day exactly my yeah. kid's about to blow his head off at 937 and yeah you do that the kids first four hunts and they're like you know i'm gonna kill something every time i go <laughs> right that's right well you know uh, things have changed things have changed you know and that, that's just and i don't have anything against blinds i mean you know i i went on a hunt to head over here in georgia with uh children that had cancer some of them had cancer and mm-hmm. you know just different illnesses and stuff and I was like eight out of nine, you know, kids being successful. And the one, the one kid, the little girl that wasn't successful, I held her off this Jake because I thought there was a long beard back there, but it was this joker that was doing the goblin, you know, and he got there. Oh man. <laughs> My, one of the guys with me, I said, I said, he, please tell me that's not who was doing the goblin. He goes, I'm thinking it was. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he gobbled right in the food plot. And then the bottom fell out of it and it rained and, we got a blind. And of course, I don't mind sitting in, in a blind with those kids like that. But if you can go, I guess I should put it in another way. It, you know, they're just missing out. Hunters are missing out, whether it's the kids or adults or whoever. You're just missing so much by sitting in there. If you're physically yeah. able to go, man, just just do it. Just go, you know. If you're, if you're physically able and you if have the physical, ground. Yeah. Yes absolutely that's you know, right you got that's a 40 right. acre it's, field and that's all you got to hunt and it's just an ag field and the woods around it are the neighbor's property then you know yeah. you're gonna get in a blind i mean yeah well you, set there, you, have you to know do. Set, set there for long enough so you, if there's something gone if it's not you know you didn't have a backup place to go you can't have too many places to turkey hunt Amen you know you, you got you guys know that i mean you got and i'm not saying you can't just be there five minutes and leave yeah you know a lot of people do that. They just don't, you know, take, for instance, I was doing a show in South Carolina and there's just so many different scenarios. And I, I always tell people that this is the mo- the easiest, most complex thing you've ever done in your life. It can be yeah. five minutes or it could be five hours or five days or five weeks or whatever. You know, it can be the easiest, most complex thing that you ever do. Mm-hmm. And they look at me like I got three heads, you know, but, but it is. And that's what makes it exciting. You know, I went to the show and, and of course, you guys have done shows, and and guys they want to talk about turkey hunting. That's great. That's fine. That's why I'm there. You know, this guy comes up and he goes, "Well, you know, I got this bird. Yeah, okay. He's flying down, and he just won't, he won't gobble. He won't gobble." And I said, "Okay." He says, "Flying down, flying down to this field." So he tells me he's hunting in like three days, and he goes down in this field and gobbles. I said, "Well, why don't you just set up in the field down there below him? You know, that's where he's going." He's like, "Yeah, but he just he just doesn't gobble." I said, "Well, do you want to kill him or do you want to hear him gobble?" <laughs> You know, I just finally, I said that to him, he goes, well, I never thought about that way. And I didn't, you know, I mean, yeah. get down to where he's at. If you know that's where he's going to go, you know, get down there. Yeah. Don't, don't set up on the ridge there. 
and let him set his wings and glide to the bottom of the hill or down the field. And, you know, you've got to learn something every day when you're going, you know? Yeah. You learn, yeah. you need to learn something every day when you go turkey hunting about That's... individual turkeys or about areas or about whatever you're doing, you know, you've got to learn something. And I, I do, I try to, I definitely don't know everything. What'd you think? Good stuff in part one. You boys are going to want to return for part two. It's just as good. A lot of good stories out of Walter. Yeah. He's a great storyteller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see why he had the showmanship, you know, and why he was attractive to people wanting to film turkey hunts. I mean, he's he's just got a good personality for that type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know this, but I hear from other sources that he can also call. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, too. And He's a pretty good turkey caller and pretty good turkey killer, I bet. So worth yeah. listening to for sure. Hope hope you guys enjoyed that. And just to reiterate a few things, raffle closes down Monday. The store is open, and you should be a Patreon member if you're not already. Favors yeah. of the week. Bam, bam, bam. We're going to do some good stuff on the Patreon thing, and I'm looking forward to that. We're just getting rolling with it. So for those of you who have already jumped into patreon and subscribed so darren howard austin parsley paul lucas ralph i only have ralph's first name <laughs> thank you ralph gypsy gobbler think i know who that is park smith mark hebda gex billups and jeff Lowe. thank you guys we thank really y'all. appreciate you jumping in and I would say being our guinea pigs, but this is going to be just fine. I don't think you're going to be guinea pigs and have to suffer through anything. We're going to knock this thing out, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we appreciate you very much. I hope you guys enjoy the extra audio this week. It'll be in Patreon, so go check that out. You're going to get an extra, I don't know, 15 minutes or so Walter Parrott. So hop in there and check that out. Yeah. Awesome, man. What do you think? You want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. We'll see you guys next week for part two of Walter. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.